one of those weeks when it's been absolutely crazy at work and your kids are ill. My partner was away, got home and there's no milk in the fridge. You can't go out easily because no one else is there to feel. It just felt like I'm failing. I can't do the work thing and I can't do the parenting thing. I haven't got any milk in the house. Oh my goodness, I'm a complete failure. Feeling shaky after maternity or another long leave from work? Comeback Coach is the Wobbly Bottom podcast about kick-ass comebacks with coaching psychologist Jessica Chivers. She's exactly what you need when you're riding the return-to-work roller coaster. In this comeback episode, we hear about the wobbly moments and successes of someone who's made a comeback. Jessica also hosts longer coach episodes where we eavesdrop on a one-time coaching conversation. My guest today is Rachel Jackson, who's had a 20-year career in technology sales in organisations such as HP and Cisco, where she was often the only woman in a room full of men. At Cisco, alongside her day job, she sat as vice chair on the inclusion board and led the UK Back to Business Employee Resource Group. She's had two maternity leaves during her time at Cisco and recently took the decision to step out of her career to run with her deep interest in the world of inclusion. She now runs her own business, A Different Me, which aims to positively impact the lives of working mothers in corporate organisations. As you'll hear, Rachel can remember her time returning to work as if it were yesterday, and she's got a series of cracking tips for how to handle the early months back at work. I'm delighted that Rachel is going to be my guest at this month's Comeback Conversation online event on Tuesday the 23rd of February. So if you're listening before then and you're currently away on leave or in your early months back at work, this is for you. The events are free and my aim along with my guest is to answer as many of your challenges as we can in 45 minutes. You can find out more on the website comebackcommunity.co.uk and I'll link to that in the show notes. Now, this season of Comeback Coach is sponsored by the specialist family law firm, Raiden Solicitors, which has a refreshingly progressive approach to flexibility and alternative career paths. They were named yet again in the Times 2020 Top 200 Law Firms, something they should be incredibly proud of. I'm so stoked to have you with me on this first season of Comeback Coach. So thank you very much to founder Catherine Raiden and partners for supporting this. Rachel, I am so pleased that you've got some time to chat to me about how you found going back to work after maternity leave and specifically what you did in the early months that really helped you settle back in. So thank you. Thanks, Jessica. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I think the big thing was really tackling my mindset and thinking about getting in the right place for going back. And a big part of that was definitely making a plan, which I think was all about really minimising that fear of the unknown. I don't know about you, but once you've had a baby and then you see your friends that have gone back to work, you're like, oh, my God, I don't know how you do it. I'm overwhelmed with everything that's going on. How do you actually fit work in as well? So I think really making time to sit down and do that planning exercise, it helps you break down that feeling of, God, there's a huge amount of things that need to happen here. And it pulls it into those manageable chunks. Face up to, you know, a new change is happening, a new phase is coming, maternity is coming to an end. And for some people that feels really positive, some people that feels a bit more difficult. But I think it's definitely taking time, really think about how would you like work to work ideally. And it's about getting that control back, which can help you feel much more positive about it. So if something is not happening to you, 
you are setting the rules of how that is going to happen to an extent. And I think certainly for me, it helped me have much more positive language when I started talking about it because I knew a bit about what was coming. And I think that helped me have more positive language with my team and my manager. So you're sort of setting yourself up on a a more positive dynamic when you're starting to re-engage. As part of that plan, it was like, as boring as it feels, but really making myself sit down and work through the detail of how that day, that first few days are actually going to work and doing a bit of a dry run. And then you can be realistic about honestly, how long does it take to do drop off and how long does it take you to therefore get into the office or get back to your desk? Because then when you're having that conversation with your manager and sort of starting to plan work going forward, then you are like, do you know what, I really, I've tried it and I can't get there for the eight o'clock meeting. Is there any flexibility? Is there a way that we can work it in a different way? So you're not setting yourself up to be on that back foot for the whole time, which I think it makes a very different start. Oh, you've made so many good points. And the one thing I was going to pick up upon is when you talked about thinking about what you want, how you want things to be, you know, your ideal scenario. And that's something that I covered in my book, Mother's Work. But point I was going to make is I'm always staggered every time I read and reread research on the power of visualisation and how visually rehearsing something is almost as effective as rehearsing something. And if you can think about how you want things to be, then it's more likely to go that way. So yeah, it sounds as though you did so much to wrestle back control to make you yourself feel comfortable. Yeah, and I think like you say that visualisation, I think the second part of that plan for me was the going through what could happen, but also sort of spending time I don't know what the right terminology is, but reconnecting with you as a work person rather than just a mum, but thinking about when have I had really good feedback? When was I really good in the office? What are my strengths? What am I good at? What else have I learned? What else can I add to it? You know, and start reading some of the stuff that's relevant in terms of your industry or your business, but just changing that mindset, starting to think about things in a different way and letting the work stuff come into your head. The other big thing, which we'll probably talk about later, but certainly you know, finding your tribe or finding some really supportive working mums that have done it. That made such a difference. Having those honest conversations with people like these types of conversations, but help you mitigate some of the things that are going to happen. They are going to come up for you. Things will go wrong, but having some visibility and some contingency in that plan as to how you might tackle them just helps to not knock you off your feet quite so much, I think. Yeah, and I think you're spot on with this idea of transitioning because you said, you know, it is about accepting it's a new phase. And a bit like if you were driving a car, you don't go from being parked on your driveway to being in fifth gear. You transition up the gears. And I think what you talk about starting to let some of the professional self come into your life while you're still away on leave at a pace and a volume that's right for you. But whether that is reading, attending an online virtual conference or listening to a podcast that's related to the work that you do or picking up some new legislation where you work or strategy documents, just starting to get back into that space, I think is a really sound idea. So it's a really nice analogy that actually I hadn't thought of that and we forget that don't we we're like right we just need to be able to do this and mm. um, you know without giving yourself always the time to really get back into it and reconnect. It's so unrealistic now obviously mm. 
you returned to work at Cisco from both of your maternity leaves. So here's an American word for us, Cisco being a US firm. If you were going to write a playbook, I didn't know, I didn't, when someone first said this to me, I was... It's definitely a thing, it is definitely a thing. I know, well, you know, I first heard this word when I was doing some coaching years ago at an American tech firm, and I heard a couple of women talk about this playbook, and, you know, hastily goes away and Googles this. Okay, so playbook, the blueprint, how are you going to do this? If you were going to write a playbook for how to get through the early months, what would be in it? Okay. So I think it could be quite a long playbook, but I think <laughs> to share, I'm thinking about five top things for my playbook. I think, first of all, lowering expectations. Really, you don't need to have the immaculate house, your home cooked meal, decorate the bathroom, you know, jump at weekends, all of those things. Make the list. Absolutely. I think that's part of the planning process. Make the list of all those things that do need to happen in those first, you know, months, six weeks, whatever. And then scrub out all the things that really don't need to happen on that list. You know, I think I certainly went into that mode of like, everything needs to be done and immaculate. And it really doesn't. So, you know, lower those expectations, tell some friends, you may not hear from me for a couple of weeks, but that's fine. We can buy some ready-made stuff and we can eat beans. It's going to be okay. And just doing some of those things, I think is really, really important. Just taking some of that pressure off that getting comfortable that things are going to go wrong and starting to think a little bit about contingency you know talk to the people that are around you your friends and your other half and colleagues people that are within your work network and just remember it's not all on you it isn't your job to solve all of these things you're absolutely part of it but you know your partner and the people that you work with are all part of making this work so it's not all your responsibility i think in relation to that lower your expectations I have is part of my playbook to do less oh yeah <laughs> isn't it important and we forget that you know we're like it's the first weekend after work I've got to fit in all of this and you know have a jump at weekend but it's really important you're going to be shattered the kids are going to be tired they're starting childcare, and you know everyone else is adjusting to this kind of new routine so do less at the weekend and then my two last ones is I would definitely absolutely critical is setting boundaries but setting boundaries, really thinking about those things and what is important to you, but then communicating them because we so often set these rules in our head. But unless we're telling people that that's our boundaries, our manager or other half or whatever, then it doesn't become a reality and you don't follow through. So setting them, communicating them and then sticking to them. How many times a week do you want to have bath time? What is going to be your start time at work? How often are you going to do emails and stuff at the weekend? And sometimes that will need to be flexed, but it is really important to get them down and really think about those. And I think the last one, which I'm certainly guilty of myself, ask for help and ask earlier. Don't get to that point where it all feels way too much. Keep checking in with yourself. How is this going? What's going on for me? And, and if it is feeling difficult, think about those people again that you've built in your plan for your network who can help you and what would help is a night off and an early night what I need or is it a drink with a friend and a good rant and a cry or whatever else it's going to be but keep checking in on that I think that's a cracking playbook so I'm wondering was there anything that you deliberately stopped doing specifically to get you through the early months I think I stopped trying to be perfect not that I'm a perfectly organized person but I think you know I let that 
that facade go at some point and that unrealistic heading back to work and feeling that need to pretend that nothing has changed is just exhausting and completely unrealistic so letting some of that go and I suppose on the site the counter to that is that being a little bit more honest with those people around you about where you're at and what's going on for you and another big one stopping apologizing and I can't remember exactly when I did it but definitely that point of you know you can get into that trap in those first few weeks of being like I'm sorry I'm late I'm sorry I've not done this I'm sorry I've not done that and then it just escalates and I think very much thinking about not apologizing if you are late for something because of whatever's happened you know thank people for their patience but take a few breaths, just reset going into that meeting and changing that language. It's not about, you know, I'm really sorry I don't work Fridays or I'm really sorry I only start on half days on Tuesdays. It's about I'm fully available the days that I'm in the office. How can we make that work? Understand this project is a priority. Let's work out a plan. So it's just really that it was for me, you know, that trying to stop being unrealistic And that's not achieving anything because you're missing expectations for other people too. And then just starting to be a little bit more honest about what was happening for me. But that honesty gave me some control back and it gave me some power and some confidence in a way because you're accepting what is happening and that is having an impact on how you can do your work, talking to people about it and then finding new strategies because you're being honest rather than trying to make it all look like it's working perfectly. Oh, yes. And your point about, say, if you were late in, instead of being profusely apologetic, coming in and saying, thank you for your patience. That's so, well, to coin a phrase from Viv Groskop, I don't know whether you ever listened to her podcast, which is called How to Own the Room. And she's got a book of the same name. It's excellent. It's about women and public speaking. And she talks about happy high status. So that's about someone who's got gravitas, who's owning the room, but they're not being arrogant. So happy high status. And I think to walk into a room and say, thank you so much for waiting. Thank you for your patience. It's just wonderful because it's polite, but you're not denigrating yourself at the same time. So love that. And you know, and I think just sorry on that, because I do love her too. But the other thing I took out of one of her podcasts, I think it was talking to Sandy Toxford, but that same sort of which I would say again, when you're having that moment when you're rushing in because you're late and you're stressed, stop outside the room, take the breath. But she talks about grounding yourself, really putting your feet on the floor taking that breath and just calm down for a minute and then you can enter the room it's only going to make 30 seconds difference but it's just reset yourself rather than exactly what you said of rushing in and being overwhelmed oh completely agree so again this thing about this specific period of time let's say the early months let's say the first three to six months is there anything that you deliberately started to do to help you through that transition time I think some of those things we talked about there in terms of changing the language, but talking to your manager more, you should have those weekly check-ins and making sure that those happened and taking control for the conversations that happened as part of those interactions was a real turning point. So making sure that you're talking about the priorities, what's happening, and that they can therefore reset the expectations with them about what it is you're working on. Is it working? Can I realistically do what I'm being asked to do in the time that I've got? And if not, how can we work together to make that work more effectively? So, yeah, definitely just opening up, just being a little bit more honest and letting people work with you and support you certainly make that difference. 
Oh, again, more stellar advice. So did things go according to plan? And if not, what did you do to get back on track? (laughs) Of course, every day. No, I would love to say that. But no, because life happens. And I think we have to remember that, you know, the trains are delayed and your broadband dies and nursery drop-offs are nightmare and the kids are ill and all of those things. But I think, as I talked about at the beginning, having that core plan and some contingency in there means you had a place to go back to when things went wrong so you could revisit who is in there who can help by letting people in and being a little bit more honest people do want to help you when things go wrong and I think we don't often give people the credit for that it's great because people do want to be able to be like recognize the tough day what can I do how can we make this different that for me was that real grounding it's just having have done that thought process which allowed me to build up that support group and that network and that opening up and being honest with people when things didn't go according to plan was definitely really helpful. Let me take you then to your lowest moment, the lowest or wobbliest moment. What was that? And I ask because I think it's so reassuring for people to hear about other people's wobbles because it normalises their own. Yeah, I think that's so true. And When you start thinking about that, I think you realise how much of an impact those difficult moments really had on you and I think as working parents you just have to carry on and move forward and I think we kind of minimize that impact and how emotional those sorts of things are to us but I think yeah we all definitely have a moment that realization that trying to hold it all together meet your high expectations and the fact that you're trying to be superwoman you know it is just not possible something has to change and I think the end of one of those weeks when it's been absolutely crazy at work and your kids are ill my partner was away got home and there's no milk in the fridge so you can't go out easily because no one else is there to be all of those things and it just felt like I'm failing I can't do the work thing that's been a completely horrendous week and I can't do the parenting thing I haven't got any milk in the house oh my goodness I'm a complete failure so it's that start not reality because it isn't reality because you're not thinking rationally but you're just adding all of that overwhelm to you and at the end of the week you're tired and exhausted so kind of lose that ability Mm. but I think once the positive out of that hitting that point is that I very much was said to myself how are you going to look after yourself in this madness because this isn't sustainable and you know think about those changes that you have to make to make it different and I think like we said you know that goes back to making the time to talk to your manager and having a different conversation and talk to your mentors and people around you and force yourself to is it going back to revisiting those boundaries is it talking to your other half about how can you help me do this or this week ahead's going to be really challenging how can I look after myself and make sure I can get through that oh so it wasn't so much about spilt milk as absence of milk and it's often just one small thing isn't it that lands on top of other things that have happened that makes you go oh I can't do this I want to throw the towel <laughs> and it in felt so basic because it's milk it's the food my child needs and I haven't mm. thought about it and I haven't prepared it you've done everything else but you never acknowledge all the other stuff that you're doing do you it's just that one thing that you, the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak Totally. Let's end on a high then. What is your top tip? Because you've shared so much stuff from your own experience. What's your top tip for getting through the early months? First of all, just to put some context, remember it takes a while to get back. Everyone is different. We all experience this transition in a different way. But the research shows it takes maybe six to nine months to feel back. Some people more, some people less, but it takes time. Again, remember everything in your world has changed so it's really easy and very normal to feel kind of lost in all of that and it does take time to get back so three top tips 
<laughs> I'm going to have three. Sorry, Jessica, but I will be brief. <laughs> Build that support squad. Who is it? Find that community. It could be your NCT mums. It could be a colleague in the office, whoever it is. But find that squad because you will need them and they'll need you. So really find that. Ask for help is number two. That may well be getting, the, <laughs> getting a cleaner if you can afford that. Things like that. Talk to your manager and understand how you can approach it differently and use resources like investing in a coach have someone that is working with you to really help you address some of these challenges and my final one which I think is really critical is establishing a really good self-care routine like what is it because this is the stuff that is going to get you through those really difficult months weeks days what is it that you need to feed yourself and look after yourself and that may be your exercise your running it may be a half an hour of reading, maybe listen to a podcast, maybe a hot bath, whatever, is just making sure that those things are established and that you have those to rely on in those difficult times. Rachel, absolutely excellent. And on that last point about establishing a really good self-care routine, I think it took me up until a couple of years ago to work out that there had to be certain things that I would I said always run, always in the physical stuff, but in terms of, say, having a massage or a facial, something where you deeply, intensely relax. So it might be gong bathing is my new thing. It's story for another podcast. But having some things that you regularly do as a prevention, not as in I'll wait until I'm really stressed, underslept, tired out, fatigued, pissed off with the world before I go and have a massage. No, have a massage or something like that once a month because it's maintenance so I it's think it helps you remember mm. it's the things that are you before you are the the mum and the working mum and the everything else it's those things that you need and I think that really helps you connect with yourself I think spot on Rachel Jackson it has been a pleasure thank you so much for sharing your experiences of the early months back at work after Matt leave I really appreciate it thank you for having me Gosh, that was packed. Such sad advice, Rachel. And I think she definitely could write a playbook for handling the early months back at work. So much of what she said is relevant to people returning from all different types of leave, not just maternity. And you can hear more from Rachel and put your challenges to her on Tuesday, the 23rd of February, 2021, 8pm GMT, because she's going to be my guest on Comeback Conversations, my new series of free online problem solving sessions for people returning to work and finding their way once they're back. And I'm so sorry if you're listening to this after that time and missed it because I think it's going to be a fab 45 minutes. If you'd like to come, tickets are free. Just head over to comebackcommunity.co.uk and click on conversations in the top right and you'll find all the details of future events and how to book. And finally, I'd love to hear what you think about Rachel's ideas and your top tips for the early months back. So please come and say hello. The best way is on Twitter using the handle at comebackcomuk. I'm also on Insta with the same name. And if you're feeling particularly generous in this moment, maybe you'll leave a short review wherever you're listening. Perhaps tell me about how it made you feel. Thank you so much for choosing to listen and sharing this episode with others. It really means a lot. So until next time, let's make sure to ask other people to help us before at breaking point. <laughs>